This episode wouldn't be possible without our sponsors. Revolution Conference that's happening on the 27th of September in Shropshire and Blush. Blush does beautiful letterpress printing of cards, stationery and more for designers and artists. We'll tell you about them later in the show. Ah, the sky's blue and the sun's shining and the trolls are tweeting and this is Unfinished Business, the show that talks about the everyday business of web design and creative industries. This is episode 22 and today is June 7th, 2013, all day. The show is hosted by me, Andy Clark, and by my co-host, part-time knife thrower's assistant, Anna Debenham. Part-time knife thrower's assistant? Yeah, I'm just going to invent new hobbies <laughs> for you every week. Because you won't read out my jokes. So <laughs> when it's my turn to do the introduction, I'm just going to invent more and more outlandish hobbies for you. <laughs> and today, today, you are Cassandra, the great Martini's fabulous knife throwing assistant. So, you know, you're virtually unscarred. Is that from Wacky Races? No, no, it's not. It's just I made it up in my head. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah you're, a, you're a part-time circus performer <laughs> in my world. And all the links we mentioned in this episode are in our show notes. You'll find those at unfinished.bz slash 22. That's the number 22. Hey up! Hey up! Hey, it is a sunny day. I love the sun. It's lovely. I had an ice cream. You had ice cream like several times this week. Yeah, yeah, I, I do eat ice cream quite a lot. You were in the park, Paris Hilton. Yeah, and I got one of those ice cream van ice creams that I haven't had in years. It oh. was so nice. What, like a like a ninety nine with a like flake a Mister Whippy one? Oh, lovely! Oh, I do like a bit of ice cream because <laughs> I prefer a bit of Mister Whippy to your kind of your Ponzi Hagen Das. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever. I don't want any of that. I don't want, what's the Ben and Jerry's one where it's got like a river of caramel running through Cookies the middle? Cookies and cream. Yeah, don't want that. Aww. Don't want that. Just want a nice vanilla whippy with a flake in it. Can't beat a 99. Yeah, I didn't have enough cash for a flake. I was really sad. Well, they cost extra. Yeah. Man, in the north, we get the flake thrown in for free. Uh, here it was flake 130 without a flake or 150 with a flake. Well, and you couldn't afford the extra 20p? No. <laughs> Man, times are tough. I know. I'm really cheap. <laughs> Tory government and recession and everything. But <laughs> yeah. 20p, if you'd have known, I'd have sent you the 20p, you could have, like, have a flake. I tell you what, people have been writing in disagreeing with me about all kinds of stuff this week. All <laughs> kinds of stuff. No, it's bars of soap. I ranted for like 15 minutes last <laughs> week about bars of soap and why, and we should just have them in hotels. They don't, they take them away no. and they replace them with those foam Stupid. soap dispensers. And people have been going, oh man, Anna's right. Yeah. They're, they're, bars of soap are disgusting. Thank you, people they, who say I'm right. <laughs> no, they're all wrong. They are all wrong. And I'll give you one example. One example where the foamy thing just doesn't make sense. In the shower. Right? You're in the shower. Yeah. Picture this. Well, don't picture oh. me in the shower. No, I don't mean picture me in the shower. I mean, picture yourself in the shower or lady like after your circus <laughs> performance, right? And... There are parts to wash. Bit of foam from the dispenser <laughs> in your hand. By the, the water's running over your head. By the time that you get to the bits that need washing, the foam's gone. You cannot have a good wash with a bit of foamy soap. You need a bar of soap, get it to where it needs to go, lather up. Oh, that's how to have a wash. Foamy dispensers do not work in the shower. But soap's a slip hazard. 
<laughs> but don't drop the soap. Don't put the soap where the soap doesn't want to go either. No. So, and do you know what else? I've been thinking about this now. It's not just foamy soap that I have a problem with. Have you noticed this trend in restaurants where they give you like a foam, like a cappuccino foam, like an asparagus foam on a plate? I had a it's bacon like, foam once. It's like, can I just have the bacon? I don't want foam on a plate. I don't want an asparagus foam. Just, it's poncy. Just like, like, give me the vegetable. If you're gonna give me the thing, give me the give me the vegetable. I don't need it bloody most. <laughs> it's true. That's a show title. <laughs> the other thing, the other trend, because I've been eating out a lot because I've been in Geneva, is I don't want my I don't want my dinner on a piece of slate or a bit of board. I want my dinner on a plate. So, what is the trend in a restaurant towards putting your dinner on something that's not gonna have? It shouldn't have your dinner on it. What are they going to do next? They're going to bring your vegetables out in a house brick. So here's your pizza. <laughs> like give you a brick, a brick with your piece in it. Sorry, I said something. I shouldn't have done that. Um, <laughs> no, I don't want. My, I don't want my vegetables on a piece of driftwood. Do you want them? Do you want your vegetables on an iPad? I, 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 I want it on a plate. Vegetables <laughs> in a bowl is is okay, but I want my dinner on a plate. And if you've got a gravy, what are you going to do? You can't have your gravy on a piece of slate. <laughs> Do I actually, in all seriousness, do I come across as grumpy? Is that what people think I'm like? <laughs> just a bit old. Fact, <laughs> old is all right. I just don't want people to think that I'm a cantankerous old git. Because <laughs> I'm, do people actually think that that's what I'm like? I'm sure. I'm sure they think you're you're lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I do worry sometimes though, because you know you get. Oh, we could talk about this later on in the show, but you know you do form an opinion of people, don't you? From Twitter, and uh, I really don't want people to think that I'm a grumpy old bugger. Well, at least they think that I'm right. They have said that on a few occasions. Not that I've told <laughs> you every time, of course. So yeah, we talked about disasters last week. You've got some follow up. Yeah. Um, so I mentioned time tracking apps last week, and um, I said I was going to put a link to the one that I use in the show notes, but I didn't. And the reason that I didn't was because. The one that I use, even though it's great, it's I think it's abandonware. It hasn't been updated in years. It was starting to get a bit buggy the last time I used it. So I didn't want to recommend it to people um, and then they'd buy it and it would turn out to be not very good. Um, so I've got some more recommendations. I've actually put them in the show notes for the last show. Um, and I've been asking around, seeing what other people like. Um, I've heard good things about Eon. Which is which integrates with um, Free Agent and Fresh Books and Harvest, um, and I also have the um, Mobile Agent app, which is like a little iOS app and that lets you track time. Um, and I just think it's really good to track time because um, I find it helps me stay focused, and uh, especially if I'm switching between multiple projects, um, it's really handy to just be able to quickly kind of change the time tracker to be tracking that project, you know, especially if you're taking phone calls or replying to emails, um, just helps you keep track and stay on top of things. And also having that little timer in the corner, um, that really helps you stay focused. We also had some really nice feedback from um, one of our listeners. Did you I love see this? this? I did see this, Eva. I thought this was really nice. It's really nice. Um, I'm putting, I'm going to put a link in the show notes uh, to, they wrote a blog post about um, how they, they set up their own business. Um, this is our, this is a couple who, um, basically they, they decided to create, you know, family business. 
Um, and they've, they've documented the sorts of decisions that they made, the sorts of software they've been trying out. Um, it's a really nice, it's a really nice read. Um, and it's nice to see them so, so happy about our sponsors and, um, yeah, just take a look. It's, it's really nice. And they've got some really good tips. Um, they mentioned that they use a registered address, um, which you can buy. And I was actually thinking about doing something like that. Um, so now they, they have an official address in London. Um, so yeah, have a look. It was, it was a really nice little blog post and a nice email. And I love getting stuff like that. I love, it's one of the reasons why I really like to do the show. Yeah. It's nice to see people who have gone on to sort of set up their own company um, and found it useful. Mm. Yeah, no, it's lovely. I really like that kind of stuff. Um, I got an email from James here just talking about my um, experience that I was talking about last week with the company that we had that didn't go so well. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I got an email from James here. He said, I listened to you talk about your business disaster last week. I've read your blog for years and can remember how much you talked about the company and you work for Disney, WWF, etc. at the time. You seemed happy enough. Why didn't you write about things after you left? Why has it taken so long? But, ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, and I just thought, yeah, I'll follow up on that for a minute, actually, because it's true. When we were doing it, certainly, you know, a good proportion of when we were doing it, I got really excited, especially at the beginning. You know, it was the first time that we'd ever had an office that wasn't in the house. <laughs> so, you know, I, I got the opportunity of you know, going to Ikea um, and filling up the car and buying desks and furniture. Oh, that's and really fun. And I know. And I really, really liked that. And I used to write about the work that we were doing. I mean, I suppose that's one of the things that got me on the circuit because, you know, I was talking about the work that we were doing, especially the Disney stuff. Mm. Um, so yeah, I was, I was really, at least at the beginning, happy and, and enthusiastic about that. Um, and then, yeah, when we left, I didn't, I didn't write about why I didn't write, a, make a big deal of it. Yeah. Um, I can just remember that I wrote a, you know, usual vague blog post about, oh, we, that was great. And we're going back to stuff for nonsense now. And, you know, I wish them luck. Um, and I didn't actually ever up until we started talking about it on the show. I didn't actually talk about anything that happened at all. I just completely mm-hmm. glossed over it. Um, and, you know, it wasn't exactly top of people's agenda, so nobody asked for the most part. Um, and I suppose one of the reasons why I didn't talk about it for a, a long time was that I was angry. You know, I was actually angry about it for a long time. Um, and I don't think it's ever good to, to talk about <laughs> something when you're, when you're angry and you know it took a while it took a while for that to calm down because you know uh the chap that we were in business with um played a lot of games did a lot of uh did a lot of shenanigans and that carried on uh, quite a long time actually two years after um we'd left and we'd started up stuff again he was he was still up to his tricks like uh, what well, um, one of the things that we've done, and you know, this is a trick that I would, uh, something I'd never ever do in the future. But, um, as I said yes, last week, the new company didn't have any money, but stuff and nonsense was a trading entity. Uh, so what we did was, uh, we made it possible at the bank for checks that were written to stuff and nonsense limited to be paid into the new company's bank account. Uh... And it was just one of the things that we did. And, you know, while we were there, we were there. Um, and then what would happen is after we left, uh, some clients, clients that came with us, 
they, you know, they didn't update their records. Their accounts department hadn't, you know, changed the address. So they were sending checks out to the, uh, to the old office. Right. And, uh, and he was banking them. Oh. Um, and it took a long, long time for us to get that money back. And then the other thing that he did was that we'd set up, uh, lots and lots of domain names with, uh, a registrar. And they were all running on Sue's PC that was in the office. You know, all the usernames and passwords and stuff. They were all on that PC. Mm. Um, and then, uh, the day that we left, he went onto, uh, the registrar and changed all of the login details. Wow. So even, uh, even domain names that we'd had, you know, back from 1996 or something like that. I mean, stuff that we'd registered way, way, way before the new company. Um, we didn't have access to. Yeah. So it took us almost two years to, to resolve that. Um, and I, you know, it made me angry and it was distracting. So I didn't, I didn't want to, want to write about it because I was angry. Mm. And then the other thing, thinking about it in hindsight, now, you know, I was really embarrassed. I was embarrassed by the whole thing. I, I, I felt that I'd been made a fool of and, uh, you know, I wasn't going to shout about that. <laughs> yeah. You kind of feel like you've done something wrong. Well, you know, part of it was my fault. Part of it was my fault in terms of, um, you know, not taking control of the situation, not seeing the danger signs and not getting the hell out of there quick enough. Um, and, you know, I, I didn't want to be, you know, I didn't want to be talking about that particularly. And, you know, now I can look back on it and I can, you know, I can understand the lessons that I learned and, you know, I've got a lot more maturity now and I'm psychologically, you know, I'm better. Yeah. Than, than, than I was back then. Um, and I suppose the other thing, you know, by that point I was already, and I, you know, I hate to use the word, but you know, my name was already known in the industry for, you know, the work that we'd done. Um, and I was quite conscious that I didn't want the disaster to tarnish that reputation in a way. Yeah, you didn't want it to affect your existing or potential clients. Well, do you know, it was a conversation that I didn't want to have. You know, when a new client came along or an old client came back, I just didn't want to be having that conversation. Yeah. Um, and I suppose, yeah, a lot of it was about keeping up appearances. And, you know, I didn't want people to know that we're clients. I didn't want people in the industry to know. So I just kept quiet about it. And it's been making me think over the last you know, few weeks about this, how different um things can look on the outside than they are actually in reality when it comes to companies mm -hmm. i mean i suppose it's the same with people's lives as well but you know when it comes to companies you look at people you look at a company and you go god they've really got it sorted yeah those guys they look like they know what they're doing um and yet you know often on the inside the story is very different mm. Um, and not just about, you know, what people do, but about, you know, the size of things and maybe the size of jobs that they do, um, you know, the problems that people have. The perception is often very, very different from the reality, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and that's something that I want to talk about in terms of today anyway, um, how we might present ourselves or our companies and things like public image. Yeah. Speaking of which, what's this thing about your action figure? Yeah, I'm not very happy about this, I have to say. I mean, I'm trying to be nice and I'm trying to remain calm, but, um, there's a, a, a design studio, um, and yeah, nice guy, um, decided that today he was going to make some kind of little action figures, you know, little mock-ups of action figures, um, of his designer heroes. And there's me and Sarah 
Palmenta and Elliot as a Jedi. Looks quite cool. Um, and Mark Bolton. And, you know, on the surface, you think, no, oh, that's actually really nice. And, you know, the part of you says, you know, it's really nice that people would want to, you know, spend their time doing something like that to sort of, you know, almost like a thank you in a way. Yeah. It's like, you know, you've done something that has inspired me or I found useful or whatever. And this is my way of showing my appreciation. I completely, completely respect that. But, you know, I just, I really hate the way that things like this open the door up to trolls. Mm. I mean, in ways that, I mean, I just, I just simply unfair. I mean, you know, if you want to, if you want to find this kind of thing distasteful, if you want to find it kind of slightly creepy, um, if you think that it's kind of inappropriate to, um, you know, hold people up on a pedestal, let's say, or, you know, spend some time making little mock-ups of action figures, then fine. You know, that's your opinion. That's absolutely fine. But do not, do not have a pop at the people themselves. You know, don't have a go at me or Sarah or Elliot or Mark because we didn't ask for those things to be made. Yeah. And it's a little bit like a few years ago. Um, I forget the guy's name now. He was, um, oh God. He was one of these, he ran one of these theme businesses. Is it Woo Themes? Mm. Um, I can't remember now what the name of the guy was. Um, anyway, made this series of playing cards. They were called typefaces or the typefaces. And they were basically a set of, um, top Trumps style playing cards. Um, and there were 20 people, 20 well-known designers at the time that he used sort of illustrations for on, on these cards. And he didn't ask whether or not we, you know, people agreed to be included. And he was selling them or intended to sell them. Mm. And two people, uh, basically said that I don't want to be involved. One was Jason Santa Maria, uh, because he, you know, he works for himself. His, his, his persona is, you know, him and his business and everything else. And he just said, you know, I just don't want, don't want to be involved in this. Yeah. And I, and I didn't want to be involved in it either because I hate all of this kind of celebrity thing, you know, whatever you want to call it. I detest it with a passion. And I didn't want, even back then, I mean, this is like 2010, something like that. Mm. I didn't want to be involved in that. I didn't want, you know, people thinking that, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, some kind of celebrity. You know, I don't want to be known for that kind of stuff. I want to be known for the work that I do. Um, and I hate that. And what I, what I really hate about the thing that's gone on today, though, is that it's, you know, have a pop at the things themselves, you know, what a stupid idea it is to make action figures out of people. You know, it's not the first time. <laughs> it's not the first time that that idea has been done, by the way. Um, it just kind know, of opens the floodgates to... It, open, it opens the floodgates to trolls and people that have either no class or no shame that want to have a, a go personally at us. And we didn't ask for that. You know, yeah. I don't want that to kind of spoil my Friday afternoon. Um, and I, yeah, I get angry about it. I don't get, I'm not angry with the guy that made the, um, made, made the figures because, you know, I think that what he was trying to do is to say, you know, listen, you've inspired me. And you know what? It, it, on one level, that's actually really nice, you know, to think that, you know, we might have done something or I might have done something which has inspired somebody or helped them or whatever. Well, do you know what? That's what I'm here for. 
you know, I'm here to make a living, but you know, I also like to think that, you know, some of the stuff that we talk about and some of the stuff that I've written about, you know, it inspires people and it makes them think differently and it helps them in their business or in their work. And that's what I'm here for. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, on one level, that's fantastic, but you know, well, <laughs> so, um, last week I, I won the .NET, a young developer of the year award and it kind of, I was a bit annoyed in some ways because I hadn't talked about it at all. I I haven't, you know, advertised the fact that I was nominated. Um, I really wanted, <laughs> I really wanted Harry Roberts to win. I voted for um, Harry. Yeah, I voted for him too. <laughs> but um, after it was announced that I'd won, um, I had a few messages from people who didn't like the fact that I'd won. And it's kind of, I was a bit annoyed because it's like, it's nothing really to do with me. It's, it's not something that I've put myself forward for. Um, it's kind of, you know, it's a public vote. There are judges. It's, you know, don't take it out on me. No, I know. I mean, I was nominated for, uh, well, I've done it a couple of times now, but this was a couple of years ago and it was, I don't know, designer of the year or something at the net awards. And I think it was me and Sarah. And somebody else, forgive me, whoever the third person was, I can't remember who you were. And do you know what? I begged them. I didn't want to be involved. Mm. I I did not want to be nominated because I don't think that I'd I'd done any decent work that year. You know, it was the year that virtually after I'd I'd written Hard Boiled. So if if the award was for best web design book, featuring a guy in a silly hat on the cover, <laughs> right? I'd have been all over it like a rash. I'd have been, yeah, please vote for me, you know, vote for me. I'd have been like so annoying on Twitter. <laughs> but as regard, you know, as far as kind of, you know, designer of the year or whatever, yeah, I didn't deserve it. I did not deserve even to be nominated. There's like a million people better than me. Um, so I did my level best to get Sarah to win and she did. Mm. Um, and, I just think, I mean, one of the things that, you know, this kind of, and, and I, and I don't like the awards. I have to say, I don't like the awards. Um, I don't like awards in any, in, um, in any situation, but I think in terms of our little area, little corner of the web. I, I just, think they were nice this year, the way that it was, the focus was completely on kind of new young people because there's, there's not really, a lot of the people there I I didn't know of and it was really nice to kind of look on their sites and sort of say, wow, these people are working yeah, on that- some really cool stuff. And, you know, that I think that's that was really good of them to change the focus. I think that they had to change the focus because there has been so much um, negativity over the last couple of years. With yeah. um, And, and this, the, the sad thing is, is that whether or not you're talking about awards ceremonies, whether or not you're talking about conference lineups or uh, magazine contributors or whatever there's nobody nobody more enthusiastic about seeing new people or hearing from new people than me mm. i mean it's one of the reasons why i'm not speaking at the moment one of the reasons um, yeah. is because i haven't got anything to say and there's there's far better people i don't want to be the kind of person that you know just gets trotted out because i can i can sell tickets don't want to be that person. Um, so that's why one of the reasons why I'm not speaking at the moment. And, you know, I want to see new people coming along. But yeah. the point is, is that whatever it is, the focus and the criticism should never be on the individuals. 
It's so not. They don't get any say in the matter. It's not like they no. ask to be to speak at an event. It's it just kind of that's how it happens. Yeah, if you're going to be out there trolling um, and you know having a pop at you know and making it actually not maybe not trolling, making a legitimate point that we need to encourage new talent and see and hear from new people, then do it without personal attacks um, on the individuals themselves because I don't think that. Well, it just makes you look like an ass. Yeah. So we're going to talk about kind of public perception this week. But did you want to talk about our first sponsor? Oh, yeah, I do. It's, Who is it? It's Blush, the letterpress printers. So Blush mix the kind of technology that we use every day with 16th century printing methods to provide beautiful letterpress printing for designers and artists. They'll print business cards and Christmas cards and personalised stationery and wedding stationery all on beautiful paper that they source from all over the world so if you can design it blush will print it and they'll print it beautifully so you've got to have a look at their blog for some of the things that they've printed recently if you're new to letterpress mark and his people will help and advise you at every stage of a project they're really nice to work with and i know that from first-hand experience because they're just a few miles from my house there's something about that smell of ink and oil and machines i mean i just like to go and hang out there so if you can't get up to north wales to visit you can ask them to tweet photos of your project while it's been printed they call that letterpress live it's great uh, so you can follow them on twitter at blush publishing or look out for the letterpress live hashtag they everybody. put them on on Flickr, don't they yeah everybody They've loves got a really nice Flickr stream i just sort of sit there drooling <laughs> so Blush are the people to go to if you want the best printing and service and if you want to support a small family business because they really take pride in what they do. So you can find out more by visiting blushpublishing.co.uk slash unfinished so they know we sent you. And there's something else actually special from Blush this week. They've been making some beautiful typography artwork prints. They've collaborated with typographer Jim Williams He's the guy that wrote Type Matters. I've got that book behind me, actually. Um, and they're making a series of prints that are focused on classic typefaces. So this series includes classic ampersands and ligatures. And honestly, these prints are beautiful. They're going to look fabulous on your wall. And they're not expensive. Each print is just £20. And better than that, our listeners can get 25% off during June by going to Blush Publishing dot co dot uk slash unfinished prints and use the offer code unfinished prints at the checkout uh they do some lovely stuff at blush they do lovely i like the stuff, stuff that they do with the color that's kind of around the edge mm. what's that what's that called uh there is a name for it and i don't know what the name is <laughs> putting you on the spot <laughs> no i don't know what the name is i'm not a printing expert um but yeah, no, they do some lovely stuff and they're so worth supporting too. You know, don't go to get some kind of crappy five quid for 500 business cards off the internet. Go to Blush. They're brilliant. So we were talking about perception earlier and, you know, maybe the impression that you give and the, that people get about you mm -hmm. and your business. You know, people probably think that I'm a grumpy git that just shouts at printers all day. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but, you know, I think it's it's interesting to think about how you present yourself 
Um, and it leads to a, a few kind of questions. I mean, if you take it for a company like us, for example, I mean, there's what now? Three of us? Yeah, three of us. I should, there's only three. It shouldn't take me that long to count. One, <laughs> two, three. Count on my fingers. Me, Sue, Sue. We've got two Sues. I, I keep saying to clients. That must be really confusing. Oh, it is. I keep saying to clients, look, if it makes it any easier, you can call me Sue as well. <laughs> but, you know, we're just a little company. And we're bigger than we were because, you know, it just used to be me and Sue. First Sue. Um Oh, God, it's so confusing. <laughs> Do you make yourself appear bigger than you really are? I mean, I remember when it was kind of just me, um, you know, and it was one of the reasons why we had a limited company and we called it a name rather than just, you know, Andy Clark Design. Um, there's this kind of temptation or thought that you might need to make yourself appear bigger than you actually are. Um, you know, a company rather than just a a bloke in an office. Do you do you suffer from that at all? No, I've I've never liked the idea of you know, like on some websites, um, it'll say you know we're a company that has blah blah blah. I've never felt a need to do that just because people are going to find out. You know, it's just you, and I kind of like the one man bands and to to have your name sort of in front of of your company even if you are a limited company it's it's like if it's just you that's not a bad thing mm. I, in my opinion anyway no i mean we are we can legitimately say we now yeah. because you know there's work that goes out the door that I haven't done, you know, it's like, you know, we have got a team of people that, that do stuff, even though it's a small team. So I've always, always struggled though, with whether or not you say we or I, mm. when you write about yourself on the website, I've got round that now a little bit, because I can say we, you know, I'm looking at our about page now and I can say, we're still a small company. We only work with one client at a time because, yeah. you know, we do. But then when it comes to like the bio stuff, I, I think that writing about yourself in the, in the third person, is that right? Is really, is really bad. Uh, when people say stuff and nonsense is a world leading. No, <laughs> I hate that when people put that on the web, well, not the stuff bit, when people put that on the websites. It's bad enough when you've got to write those things for other people. Yeah, I know. And they always write about things in the third person, write about themselves in the third person. And I, and I don't like to do that. So I've gone down the road of saying we'll work alongside you or we'll agree weekly goals, you know, that kind of we. Yeah. But then when it comes to the biography panels, it's got my name and then underneath it, it's written from my point of view. So, you know, yeah. I'm a designer and then Sue will say, you know, Andy might this, but I've had this. What did she say? I think say it here? sounds more honest then because everyone knows that, that when you write those bios, that it's you. Yeah. So kind of making it sound like it's not you. No, I think that's absolutely right. I'm just looking at what Sue wrote here. Andy might have had over a decade's experience managing design projects, but I've had 25 years managing him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cute. I like that bit. I haven't read that for ages. Um, so yeah, writing about yourself from the first person, I think is, is, is really good. I just feel like why would, if it's just a one man band, why would you want to hide behind a kind of, a front 
if it kind of just feels a bit dishonest. Well, some people might think that you are more likely to get larger jobs. Maybe yeah. you appear to be more, uh, you might have more credibility if you're a company, if there's more of you than if you just kind of, you know, Billy in a barn. Um, I mean, I know, uh, you know, Naomi Atkinson. Yeah. Oh, she's such a lovely designer. I look, I look at her work and I, <laughs> wish I could do, I wish I could work like that. She had pictures of Dan and your mate Ryan mm. on Naomi Atkinson design website, which is a beautiful, beautiful website. Um, mm. even though they're both freelance and they weren't, you know, they weren't full time for the company. I really like, like Ryan's website too. Yeah, Ryan's website's great. I think I think she did the photography for that. Yeah, and I think Ryan did the code for hers. So, you know, they work together a lot. But in terms of somebody looking in from the outside, you know, just somebody kind of walking in through the front door of the website, it looks like there's three people that work together, which they do on a regular basis, even though they're not part of the same company, perhaps. Yeah. Um. So I think the whole thing behind that is, you know, you're trying to appear that, yeah, we're capable. I'm not just one person in a, in a, in a room. Um, maybe you're trying to differentiate yourself between, um, you know, those other people that are just, you know, bedroom warriors. Um, that would be one way. I mean, oh, I've struggled with this for such a long time. Um, and it's only recently since we've been legitimately able to say, you know, we, and we could yeah. say we, it was just me and Sue, but you know, we could have said we before. Um, I think we were even more allowed to say we now. This is the thing. I've been struggling with this. I, you know, the background to our website, you know, when, when it's, it's always been the company site and my blog, more or less mm. at the same time. I mean, early on, we couldn't get stuff at nonsense.co.uk. We had malarkey.co.uk. Mm-hmm. Um, cause that was the domain that I had from like, you know, 2004, something like that. So the company site was on that. And then when I started my blog, it went on to stuff at nonsense.co.uk. So the two things were the wrong way around. And then ultimately, uh, I merged them all together. So the site's been the business and it's been my blog, you know, and I write about CSS and I write about the podcast, but you know, I write about Mad Men as well. So it's not just about work. So this whole kind of distinction about where I as a personality end and the company begins. Yeah. I think, that's something that I think a lot of people will struggle with. I know a lot of people who've got kind of their own company, um, but they also have their own personal blog, even though it's just them. Um, and they'll kind of think, well, do I, do I want to keep it the same thing? I want to write personal stuff as well. Do I, should I put that on my kind of my business site? Um, I think just having it as you, um, that helps. Because then you don't have to make that distinction. But a lot of people don't feel comfortable doing that. And I've had a lot of people disagree with me about the whole um, sort of being a company, even though it's just one person and um, and being yourself. But I know I just I never felt comfortable with with saying we. I thought it would just sound a bit schizophrenic. Yeah, I just struggle with this thing for for such a long time. And I'm thinking, I mean, actually, I haven't been writing a lot recently. I've not really felt very enthusiastic about writing, so I haven't done anything. I mean, the blog recently has turned into more or less a kind of promo for this podcast. <laughs> oh, Unfinished Business, episode 22. Um, and a few links here and there. I haven't actually written anything serious for ages. Um, but I'm conscious that th- this is a company and, you know, 
needs to be promoted as such. And I, and I'm not the only person that works here anymore. Mm. So, you know, should I open the blog up to everybody else if they, if they wanted to use it? Um, should I stop writing about Mad Men <laughs> or Star Trek or something, you know, cause it's all yeah. apes. It's not just about me. So I am sort of wrestling with, and what would, you know, if I had a company stuff and nonsense Twitter account, it'd never get used. I, you know, you see so many Twitter accounts that, you know, p- company Twitter accounts, and they're all just pathetic. Yeah. Well, not all of them, but, you know, a lot of them. And they're like, oh, we get bought a new van. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's just not the kind of thing that I would want to do. So I don't think that a stuff and nonsense Twitter account would be any good at all. It just wouldn't get used. Yeah. So then you're back to it just being kind of me. And I'm... You know, when you think about the whole branding that we've got on the website at the moment, I mean, whether it's the scooters um, with the fat mods or whether it's the current illustration that Josh did with all of my crazy historical heroes. Yeah. It's all about me. Yeah, it's me, 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 me. And I, I am really consciously thinking about, do we need to change that now? Do we need mm-hmm. to kind of dial that back a little bit? What do you think? Um... I mean, it's difficult because, like, your company is so related to you. I don't know. I'd, I'd probably just, I'd add, I'd make it so that other people could blog stuff and it just, it's just clear who posted it. Hmm. I mean, we are going to do a revamp on the site probably sort of August, September time. Um, and I'm going to make the portfolio the most kind of prominent thing. Yeah. Um, if I don't feel like writing and I'm not updating the blog very often, then there's no point in it taking up space, you know, particularly kind of prominent space. Yeah. I'd want to put my portfolio kind of a little higher because, you know, that's what it's there for and it's about getting work. Uh, but I think that might shift the balance a little bit. Yeah. And maybe the illustrations, I don't want to lose that kind of fun, um, impression because you know people, people, we get calls mm. um, and emails every week from people going oh, yeah you just you, you stood out from all of the other web design companies that we had to look at um, I'll tell you, one of the things I'm going to struggle with is how do I represent responsive design in our portfolio without showing a bloody laptop <laughs> iPad iPhone everybody does it it's like, I'm re- no I'm not I'm not going to I'm going to try and come up with some way of being able to kind of graphically demonstrate responsive design without sticking everything inside a bloody Apple product. Just have a little animation of the, it squishing. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I mean, the, the best thing in the portfolio is actually just to show off the website itself, isn't it? Yeah. So I know we'll come up with something cool. But that's that's one of the things that I think, you know, we'll stick with that style, but we'll make it less about me and more about, you know, what we do perhaps, or even, even, you know, even abstract, you know, maybe I'll get Josh to do, to illustrate things more regularly. Um, you know, we'll just tie it in with crazy things. Sounds good. Yeah. Fun. So Sarah wrote, um, a blog post just, I think it was yesterday about getting a job in a recession. Um, so she's starting up a new business and she's been, um, sort of asking for job applicants. And she said she had about a hundred people submit CVs. And this is kind of related to perception. Um, she was saying that she, um, before she got sort of dozens and dozens of, of CVs, she was kind of looking through 
um, each one and have a, link, a look at their Facebook profile, um, the, the sort of the public Facebook profile. And she was saying sort of one person who stated in their form that they were proficient on a Mac had written not 10 hours prior that she was so bad with technology that she could barely turn on her iPad. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and I think it's, it's just, it's becoming more and more common for potential employers, potential clients to be looking at what you're doing online and kind of basing decisions off that. So I thought it'd be interesting to kind of talk about that a bit. Yeah, we've never had to do it because I've never hired anybody. Mm. Um, well, in, in the crappy company I did, but in stuff I never have, um, where we, you know, we didn't know the person. Yeah. And every time I hire a, you know, a freelancer, it's, it's, I don't go out there and just get random freelancers. They're always the same people, you know, people I've known for a while. So I've never really had to do that. Um, cause I've kind of known people's reputations in advance. I've never had to go and, you know, look at a CV and then go out, check out their Twitter profile. Mm. But yeah, I would, I would want to, I, I think that your, your persona online, what you tweet, um, is a reflection of your company as well. I mean, I know this yeah, is a, a slight tangent. Um, but you know, if you're working for a company and, you know, you're sitting there tweeting during the day and slagging people off or, you know, just being an ass. Well, in my mind, that reflects on the company that you're working for. Yeah. You know, I'd and never want to hire somebody like that. And there was an incident just recently. Um, did you hear about the Jesse 3 thing? Yeah, I did. I heard some of it. What What was that all about? Uh, so Jesse Thomas, he's he's a CEO and founder of um, Jess 3. He posted a video to his Facebook wall, which is of um, a very drunk Matt Monohan. He's he's CEO of a company called Alpha Boost, um, and it was a video of him getting naked on a beach in India um, and just being very very drunk. Um, and it's kind of unfortunate because because Matt was in the process of trying to sell his company, and that's looking really unlikely now because the video was just it went viral. Um, and Jesse came out with an apology. Um, and he said in his apology, uh, in my head at the time, we were adults having fun and doing things that would have been called youthful indiscretions. Um, immature and irresponsible, irresponsible is admittedly more accurate. I was posting as an individual without thinking about how I've intertwined my online persona with that of my company. I'm going to reflect seriously on where the line should be for what is personal and what is private and work to better represent myself and those who are connected to me. In a lot of ways, I'm still young and I do my best work by working to stay young, but I will be working hard now at acting like an adult while staying young at heart. That is what people expect of me and I don't want to let anyone down again in future. Yeah, that was a good apology. I thought, I mean, it obviously doesn't undo what happened, but... Yeah, the, the boundaries between kind of personal life and public or work personas are, you know, particularly for some of us anyway, quite difficult to separate. And particularly for a generation who's kind of grown up with Twitter and Facebook being kind of like a just something that you're completely happy putting anything on. Yeah, well, I mean, because I'm slightly older. Slightly. <laughs> just a bit. Slightly older. Um and, you know, I, I look at what, what people write and I look at what people put out there, some people anyway. Um, and I think, you know, well, I hope you're not going to live to regret that. Yeah. Um, 
you know, yeah, we all do, we all do stupid things. Christ, you know, if I could undo all of my disastrous mistakes and, you know, stupidity over the years, I'd, you know, I'd go and do it. You can't hit 48 without hitting, without making a few mistakes. But I would be very, you know, worried about some of the stuff that people post. And I think that, um, particularly when it comes to, um, you know, potential employment anyway, that, yeah, you know, you have to kind of mind your P's and Q's because you never know who's watching. Yeah. Um, the other thing though, and this is, this is a kind of a privacy thing in a way is, and it, it relates to the story that you told is the stuff that we put online about other people. Yeah. Now, yeah. you know, we've all been in, you know, speakers dinners or conference events or something like that. And somebody's taking pictures and they might be sitting opposite you or they might be sitting across the table or something. And, you know, before you know it, you're tagged in a photo and it's up on Flickr or Instagram or something like that. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, I've generally not minded that. But, you know, other people, you know, my family and stuff, you know, they don't want to, they don't necessarily want to be online. They don't yeah. necessarily think that it's appropriate to share that kind of stuff. You know, we've been at conferences where, you know, people have been taking pictures of us and it's like, hang on a minute, you, you should think it's okay to come up and stick a smartphone in my face and take a photograph and, and post it online. Um, so there, there's, there's that. Um, I hate having my photo taken. Oh, me too. Do you know, I was, we were, I was telling Sue in the office here about our trip to Japan. Cause we had a lovely day at this workshop in Japan. Um, and you know, everybody's lovely and the audience was just lovely. And then it gets to the end of the day and I'd done, you know, I've been workshopping for like nine hours. Somebody took, took ages. And then at the end, they were all, they were all lovely. The attendees, about 30 of them stood in line because they wanted their photo taken with me. <laughs> Can you imagine the look on my face? You know, like, hello. Ah, oh, I mean, I would rather have, you know, paint my toenails. You can call me Shirley rather than stand there and, uh, and have my photo taken. But, you know, in Japan, it's like it was the polite thing. And, um, you know, and that's the thing that you do. But yeah, I hate having my photo taken. Yeah. I untag myself from all photos. Yeah. I just, I just think that it's, it's rude. You know, you take a picture of somebody and it's like click, click and then, you know, online. And I, no, I just think it's rude. I mean, you know, we, we all, we all have bad hair days. I know. I, I, I have I, bad hair day every day. I have bad fat days. Somebody took a photograph <laughs> of me the other day. We were at dinner. We were at Wipo. We all went out for dinner. Somebody took a photo and I was kind of, I think it was the, just the position that I was in. But they said they emailed the photos around. That's okay. You know, you take photos, email them to people. Don't stick them on, you know, bloody flicker. Um, and oh, blood, do I look fat? <laughs> and actually, I'm not that fat. It was just the, it was just my posture. As Alex says, dad, your posture is getting bigger. <laughs> but, <laughs> cheeky little bugger. But yeah, I don't like my photo taken. So I've got an admission to make. Go on. Um, last week, we read out the wrong date for Shrop Geek Revolution. That was my fault, though, <laughs> not yours. I wrote the wrong date in the intros and the outros. We said the 21st because we were doing the 21st episode, but it's actually on the 27th. Mm. We're very sorry. We are very sorry. So Revolution is actually being held on the 27th um, of September. That's on a Friday. Uh, in Shrewsbury, that's in Shropshire in the UK. And it's looking like it's going to be a really good event. Uh, I was just on the website today and oh, it's 
gorgeous. You have to have a look at it. It's so nice. Uh, so Revolution has a great mix of speakers. So some whose names that you already know, like Elliot J. Stocks, he's behind Eight Faces magazine and the creative de- director at Typekit. There's also Jonathan Snook, who um, is the author of Scalable and Modular, Modular Architecture for CSS. That's a bit of a mouthful. Smacks. Um, Smacks. Uh, he did a really good workshop at Deconstruct that I went to last year. Um, I, I just loved it. He's so, so smart. Um, and a good friend and standing co-host, Laura Calbag. And there's also Robert Mills, who wrote Designing the Invisible, Chris Thorpe, Joel Hughes, David Vaughan, and Twitter's James Whitaker. Revolution will be single track. Um, and those are always the best type of conference because, you know, you can, you can see every speaker and there'll be eight great talks and a panel discussion. So I should also mention that a special Shrock Geek Rebellion session is being uh, held the night before the conference. Rebellion is a quarterly event that features talks from web industry people who are from Shropshire. And that sounds like a really good event to go to because you'll get lots of fresh young talent. And after the conference, there's the after party at Romolo, Shrewsbury's only waterside cocktail lounge. And there'll even be some money behind the bar. Shrop Geek Revolution is being held in the Shropshire Conference Centre, which is easy to get to. It's just 15 minutes from Shrewsbury Station, and it's really easy to find and park if you're coming by car on Friday the 27th of September. There's a maximum of 200 t- tickets available for only £69, and that is a bargain. So to buy yours, go to tinyurl.com forward slash revolutionconf. Yeah, I'm going. It's near to where you live, isn't it? Uh, it's about a bit. Uh, and I do have somebody took me off on the offer to uh, get a lift down there. Excellent. Um, so somebody can be driving down listening to my country music. Along the way. Are you going? Them. Are you going to go? Um, I'll have a look because... Because I know Laura's going to go. Um, and I actually wondered if you can go, if, we won't do it without you, but if you could go, maybe we could do a live edition of the show. <laughs> Because we've never done that. I've got no idea how you do it. I don't know whether you need special microphones or, or special hats. Um, you could do your knife throwing routine. I could. I know Kenneth really wanted to go because um, he's actually from Shrewsbury. Um, but I think he was speaking at another event on the day and he's kind of like really gutted. <laughs> uh, well, if you can go, that'd be great. And we could do something with, with, with a live show. Cool. In the pub. Didn't Laura uh, mention something on Twitter about um, a site that she was looking at? Yeah, she was talking about, um, it's a new site, we'll put a link in the show notes, Agencies Rated. Have you had a look at this? Yeah, I did have a little look. I don't know how new or old this site is, but um, I'm just having a look at it now. Uh, A community-based platform for sharing the experiences of freelancers online. We believe that real reviews from actual freelancers, well, as opposed to plastic ones, um, are the best reflection of a company's ethos. And we encourage companies to let their freelancers review them. Together with our community, we work hard to ensure that reviews are accurate. Oh, that sounds fair enough, doesn't it? Mm. Um, so essentially, you know, if you're a freelancer, I mean, you know, perhaps you're made of wax or you know, <laughs> plastic or perhaps you're carved out of soap. Perhaps you're an action figure. Perhaps you're an action figure rather than actual freelancer, an everyday freelancer. Um, you can go on here, and if you've done some work for a company, you can, you know, write about your experiences. You can rate them, you know, one out of five stars. Um, 
and, you know, mark your experiences. And I'm just having a look here because on the homepage I can see uh, Martin Bean's review of the day for a, an agency that he worked with, and he's given them a lovely kind of glowing report. Um, and then you've got your 10 best and the 10 worst on the homepage. And I'm just having a look at some of this. And you know, the more, the, what I first thought was I first thought, yeah. Cause you know, we've talked about this before. Mm. We, you know, we've both known people that have got stitched up. Yeah. You know, freelancers, um, that have worked for other people, whether they be, you know, companies, agencies, or just other, you know, other developers or designers. And they've got stitched up. Um, you know, they've done work. They haven't had a contract. You know, they've been let down and, you know, I know people that have been kind of, you know, six, nine grand out of pocket. Yeah. Um, and that kind of thing, boy, do I hate. That's one of the reasons why we pay people in advance where we can. Um, and we certainly, we always pay by return of invoice. You know, none of this sort of 30 day nonsense. Yeah. You know, we'll pay, we'll pay you within the hour usually. Um, and, you know, on one level, I think it's great that, you know, bad payers and bad practice should be discouraged. But I'm really, really uncomfortable about this forum because first of all, you can post anonymously. Mm. Um, and that's, I don't think that's a good thing. I think that wherever you are, whatever you do, whatever you say or publish, you should be accountable for that. Whether or not, you know, you're tweeting under, you know, your company or, you're running some kind of lame ass parody account or leaving a review on a site like this, you should be accountable. You know, people should be able to call you to account for what you've said. Yeah. Um, and this site actively encourages um, anonymous reviews and that just screams abuse to me. Do you think it encourages bad agencies to do better, to treat, um, treat their contractors better? No, absolutely not. Because, you know, a bad egg is a bad egg, usually. Um, and do you think it would sort of warn other contractors off working for them? Well, you know, that's probably the idea, isn't it? That's probably the idea. It's like, oh, I've been asked by, um, you know, a company to, you know, do some freelancing for them. I'll have a look at agencies rated and see what other people have experiences of. Now, you know, I, on one hand, I can say that's a good objective. You know, because you don't want somebody to be stung how you were stung. Yeah. Um, that's probably the, the, the most objective. And as for changing people's behavior, well, it's not going to, is it? I mean, no. do they even know that this site exists for one thing? So I'm very, very, um, uncomfortable, um, about the fact that, you know, people would be able to or are able to post what could be, you know, anonymous, you know, anonymous libel on here, for example. What if it were the other way around where it was agencies rating contractors? I don't think you'd like that very much. <laughs> um, that's a really, really good question. Because there I mean, is already that kind of, I mean, there's, there's a site called Rated People. I think there's another one kind of, it's, it's aimed at um, people looking for, for workmen, like uh, for people who will kind of paint your rooms or yeah, I've seen build some bookshelves. It. Yeah. And it's kind of, you know, you can rate people and you can give them reviews and if they're really good, you know, the, the idea is that they'll get more work. And if they're really bad, if they're kind of, you know, 
doing things that they shouldn't be doing or um, not doing the job properly, then then they'll get less work. Um, and I kind of wonder how the how that industry sees that site. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I can understand why something like this, you know, I can understand why it's needed or I can understand why somebody might want it. Because, you know, what is it, like TripAdvisor for freelancers or for agencies? Mm. Um, you know, and we review everything, whether it's on iTunes or Amazon or whatever. You know, reviews are all over the damn place. Everybody can have an opinion on something. Um, but usually you're accountable. Yeah. Usually, at least, you know, you're able to pinpoint, you know, let's say particular users. Um, so the fact that it's anonymous, I, I really don't like that. Cause like I said before, you should always be accountable for everything that you say. I think the site is well meaning, well intentioned. I think, um, I'd even go as far as to say, I think it's a good idea because it's encouraging, um, agencies to treat contractors better. But at the same time, I think there, there is, especially in it, cause it's so new, you've got so few reviews. It's not really, um, you know, you get one bad review and that's it. It says that you're, you're the worst company. Um, or you get one good review and you're the best. It, until you've got hundreds of people using it, it's not going to be accurate. Well, I'm just having a look at the site now and the, the worst, sorry, people, whoever I'm going to read out here, but you know, the worst, um, company, apparently, according to this site, worst agencies rated with a score of only two is a company f- called Four People. And the guy, anonymous again, um, who's written this review said, you know, I freelanced with the agency for a week and I was not impressed. Um, I, w- I was worked. I was worked like a dog <laughs> from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Well, welcome to the real world. Um, and then when the contract was over, they tried to renegotiate my day rate. Well, that's just, that's bad. Did you have a contract? Yeah, I wonder how much it's the fault of the contractor not kind of not knowing what they were letting themselves in for or not kind of communicating yeah. with the agency well. Yeah, having your own rules. Laura was talking about this on Twitter. Having, you know, a good set of rules that you stick to and contracts and things like that should basically just stop that thing, nip that thing. Yeah, because if, if the case is that they're giving you more work than you can do in the time that, that you've been allocated or if there's like a deadline that's coming up and um, they didn't tell you about certain, certain features that you have to build, you know, that, that should be an issue with them. And if you're having to do that, if you have, you're the one that's doing all that work, all those hours, um, then something's not clear in your contract. Yeah. No, I mean, you there's... could just go back and say, well, my contract says I work this many hours a day and um, you need, you needed to provide me with all of the information that I needed at the start. They do try to cover themselves. This agency's rated. Arrow pointed this out to me on Twitter um, about, you know, libel and whatever, and about how, um, you know, by posting, you kind of, you know, you, agencies aren't the one that's, uh, the agency's rated. The site isn't the one that's saying it. Yeah. Um, they kind of try to identify, indemnify themselves on that. But I tell you what, if you've signed an NDA like our NDA with a, an agency, then either anonymously or not anonymously, posting a review on a site like this is in breach of that NDA. Because mm. we were talking about this when we were talking about NDAs that week. It's like it covers every single thing that happens between us. It just doesn't happen, you know, it's not about the, the client code. It's yeah. about our relationship and it's about, you know, 
what you did right and wrong and what we did right and wrong and all of that stuff is, you know, it happens between us. I see people use Twitter as a platform to kind of sag off clients that that they don't like or that have done something wrong. And it's, I just wonder, you know, are you going to be able to get future clients by doing that? You know, if someone's, if some a potential client's looking at your Twitter feed and they see that you're, um, that, you know, you're disagreeing with the current client or with an old client, it's not going to reflect very well on you. I don't think it reflects well on you at all. I'd just never, never, ever, um, you know, never talk badly about a client on a public platform. You know, don't leave it off Twitter. It doesn't belong there. No. And I think that, you know, okay, so what's the objective here? The objective is so that your colleagues in the industry don't get stitched up. That's the objective, isn't it? Yeah. So if you got stitched up or you had a bad experience, you don't want somebody else to You want to warn people that don't work with these guys. Yeah. So how can you do that? Well, you know, you tell your mates. You know, you talk to people. We all talk to each other. You know, not not from Twitter, but, you know, you talk to your mates. You let people know. You know, you might just, you know, something like, how are you getting on? Oh, man, it's awful. What a place to work. (laughs) Um, But that that kind of thing doesn't belong in a public forum. But the other thing to do, is if you feel so kind of aggrieved, um, like this person here that, you know, oh, poor soul, he was worked for nine till nine o'clock at night. I really feel for him. Um, if you feel so, um, affected by that, well, just do something about it. You know, go to the CEO, you know, go to the boss, stand in the bloody doorway and don't move. <laughs> um, you know, do something. Um, so that those people will know that you're not happy and they will want to do something to try to fix it, at least to just get rid of you. Um, mm. But leaving an anonymous review on a site like this, do you know what? You're a coward. That's what it comes down to. You know, uh, be, be a man, be a woman, deal with it, um, and don't let somebody else do your dirty work for you. God, I am a grumpy <laughs> bugger, aren't I? Should we button it up? I think we better button it up before I say something I'm going to regret. <laughs> <laughs> we should have we should have done that an hour and three minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> so you can email me at shehas at unfinished.bz and Andy, he's he has at unfinished.bz or you can email us both at they have at unfinished.bz. All the links we mentioned in this episode are in our show notes and you can find them at unfinished.bz forward slash 22. That's the number 22. To ask us questions and suggest topics, message us on Twitter at unfinishedbz. Thanks again to our amazing sponsors, Revolution Conference that's happening on the 27th of September in Shrewsbury, Shropshire, and Blush. Blush does beautiful letterpress printing of cards, stationery and more for designers and artists. And you can support the show by supporting them and have a look at their twi- their Flickr feed because it's awesome. It is awesome. We'll see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>